Welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. My name is Stacey Hillier. I'm so excited that you've decided to join me and some of my friends from all walks of life as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build both the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who are positioned in the marketplace, education, science and medicine, arts, entertainment, government, family, and the church, all with the intention of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's get to it. Today, I have the honor of being joined by a very special guest who I am honored to call my apostle, the senior pastor here at Numa Church, and my friend, Pastor Corey, who is a celebrated author, a podcast celebrity, an acclaimed worship leader, an Ironman athlete, a husband, and a father. Welcome, Pastor Corey. Wow. I'm not sure I can live up to all of those descriptions, <laughs> but thank you. It's an honour to be here. You already have lived up to every single one of them, okay. but we are turning the tables. We are shuffling the deck. We are tipping this thing upside down. We are. Because normally I get the honour of coming on your podcast. Yes. And today, here you are, my honoured guest. Who would have thought? Oh, Probably you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about this. I think this is a fantastic initiative and uh, I'm really looking forward to chatting all things prophetic as well as um, in a moment we're going to find out about the apostolic. Oh, I can't wait. And I wanted to start season one of this podcast here talking about the fivefold and we've talked about biblically what God says about the spiritual gift of prophecy, the office of the prophet. I've spoken with the teacher of the house, but I wanted to start with the A, the <laughs> type A apostle, because there's a very important relationship yep. between the apostle and the prophet. Um, I want to talk about the fact that when you started leading Numa Church about three years ago now, you really had laid on your heart to structure us and to build around the original blueprint, which we find in Ephesians 4 Mm. of the fivefold. Talk to us about how God started talking to you about that and what you've done to put that in place. Well, for me, it began um, growing up as a pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents... um, strong pastoral ministry, leading different churches. My mum was a fireball of a preacher. (laughs) Uh, Dad was more of sort of a pastoral teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I saw their ministry and how they went about their ministry. And then when I started to answer the call of God to, to ministry in my own life and started to travel, get exposure to the wider body of Christ, um, I started to see that there were some missing gaps. Mm -hmm. Um, leaders trying to do it all in their on their own, yeah. Uh, or if they had a team, didn't really understand the Ephesians for pattern and mandate mm-hmm. for corporate leadership in the right. church. And I thought, hey, why is the fivefold there and yet we're ignoring it and not applying it? Mm-hmm. And then when we planted a church, I experimented mm-hmm. and, and tested some of uh, my own thinking and theology around fivefold. And and some of it worked and some of it needed to be developed more. And then when I went, 
on that journey of traveling, you know, 47 weeks a year for a number of years around the body of Christ, I began to identify some of the missing links that I had missed in my former church planting days. And then when we started to get the call to come in to lead Numa Church, Mm -hmm. God started to really, um, I guess, make the connections for me in my own thinking and in a practical plan and strategy that I started to see we could transition the life of the church here into a full workable fivefold model. Yeah. So um, uh, in terms of going on that journey, firstly, it was understanding what am I called to and what am I grace for? You have to begin, if you're the point leader of, Mm -hmm. of a ministry, you have to begin with who you are and what Mm. God's called you to Mm -hmm. before you can begin to help others identify their calling and what God's graced upon them. And then I began to identify, and obviously I had the benefit of having a considerable period of time Mm. in the life of the church Mm -hmm. where I could observe certain gifts and graces up close. Mm -hmm. And as we built relationship, as I built relationship with other leaders, I was able to identify, okay, um, uh, uh, that this is on this person's life. I really believe it takes one to know one. Yeah. So for me, it was observing. Uh, and I think the apostolic and prophetic tends to be the ministries that can identify and observe the graces and gifts in other people. Mm-hmm. And then as we came into this space, beginning to uh, transition the church, and I can talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but transitioning the church by presenting to key leadership and to the governmental teams of the church, what is this idea of fivefold that the modern church has largely ignored? And how do we begin to align all the different ministries in the church with those fivefold graces? It's really interesting, Pastor Corey, because I've seen you speak on this at conferences. And um, even when you share about it in church, something resonates in people like almost like this sense of this is something I've always known, but haven't been able to fully understand. It's like a coming home. And I think that you and I have talked about this as part of the landscape for the church moving forward, that we'll see more and more fivefold churches. It's like the old being made new. And also something you touched on then. I feel like God's been talking to me in the last seven days about the scripture in Isaiah 42, where it says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. The old is gone, the new has come. Mm. And you prophesied that over our church about three years ago. But I really sense that the last probably two years has been like the beholding, getting our heads around it. But now in the third year is like the new is actually happening now and the old is actually gone. Yep. Yeah, I I think that for our journey here at NUMA, uh, I I think that what you're speaking into and what God's revealing to you uh, is absolutely prophetic and timely. But I also think that there's an element of that that is relevant for the wider church in an era of transition in 2021. Yeah, wow. So good. So... um how would you describe, in your own words, the role of the apostle? So for me, I draw upon the um, theology of the New Testament in mm-hmm. terms of the idea of the apostle is one who is sent, a sent one. Yep. And so um, for any person who's done any study or research into this term, they'll know that it was used by the Roman Empire for an armada of mm-hmm. ships that were sent to advance the kingdom of, uh, of Rome mm-hmm. um, into a foreign land. And so the apostle was not only 
the whole fleet that was going to advance the kingdom of Rome, but it was also used for the point leader that was sent to lead the expedition to actually establish Roman rule and authority in that foreign land. And so when we bring that idea to the the concept of apostle in the church, an apostle is a sent one Mm -hmm. called by God to lead the advancement of the kingdom of God into new territories, Mm -hmm. into new places. It's a governmental role that establishes and empowers uh, believers in God's family. Uh, Apostles are your spiritual fathers and mothers that raise up sons and daughters Mm -hmm. in God's house. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind Ephesians 4.11, as with all of the other uh, fivefold graces, is that they have a primary role to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build the church up to full maturity, to Mm -hmm. the full measure and stature of Christ, and to promote the idea of God's family on earth through the church. Mm -hmm. And so apostles uh, should be one who is bringing a sense of security, Mm -hmm. um, safety, uh, stability, and yet also uh, not allowing those ideas to limit or restrict the forward momentum and advancement of the church. Mm -hmm. Apostolic and prophetic ministries build momentum Mm -hmm. into the life of the church, and the apostles play a primary role of almost like that V-shaped formation of spearheading as they are sent by the Holy Spirit out, spearheading the, the, the forward movement and advancement of the church into foreign territory. Brilliant. Now, your background, um, you touched on this before, you are a well-known prophetic voice. Um, you have spoken so powerfully, so many times prophetically, even into my life. But you're now the apostle for the oldest Pentecostal church in Australia. No pressure. <laughs> What's that transition been like for you? Well, firstly, it's been a privilege and honour, um, to be honest, to be called to lead. No one um, calls themselves into something like mm, this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm very grateful to pastors David and Sally mm. Dory for the witness that they carried in their hearts for Simone and I to lead the church. Mm-hmm. But I think from a personal perspective, traveling as a uh, prophetic ministry, what it did is it gave me incredible exposure yeah. to the wider body of Christ yeah. and what God's doing across the body. And what you don't know, you don't know. But the moment that the blinkers are off and you get a wider vision and view of the body of Christ, you realize what God's doing, what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to take the best of what I've seen over the last 40 odd years and begin to apply it in leading Numa Church. And so for me, the apostolic and prophetic graces Mm -hmm. has always been very strong in my ministry. We've planted churches in the past. We've established and discipled believers into maturity of calling and purpose and destiny. But now we get the privilege in this season to see the fruit of the preparation of what God's done in past seasons actually begin to, uh, you know, live and and find uh, roots and, and begin to grow and develop into something that is um, applied in local church life. Mm. And that to me is just a wonderful thing and a wonderful privilege. And as much as I love um, traveling and going across to the wider body of Christ, there is no place like home and the leadership assignment that God has given us at NUMA. I love how God does that. You know, he uses every single 
part and detail of our lives to be preparing us for what he's called us to do and make an impact for his kingdom. We're going to shift gears a little bit and start to talk about the link between the apostolic and the prophetic. I'm firstly going to read from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through to 22, where it says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Can you unpack for us a little bit? What does the Apostle Paul mean when he calls the Apostle and the Prophet the foundation of the household of God? I believe there's two interpretations of this. The Mm -hmm. first interpretation is that... uh, we take the prophets of the Old Testament mm-hmm. and we join them with the apostles of the New Testament mm-hmm. and together they form the foundation of the church. The prophets mm-hmm. of the Old Covenant, be they Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, etc., mm-hmm. were prophesying of a day to come when not just the Messiah but a new people would mm-hmm. be formed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the apostles are called by God and 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 Jesus um, disciples them for three and a half years and then he sends them out to go make disciples. He gives them the great commission and the end result of that is the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. That's one layer of interpretation. The second for me is both um, not just a past revelation but a present expression mm-hmm. and that is that the church is still under the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And so the gift of the apostle and prophet mm-hmm. has not died out. Mm-hmm. There are some believers mm-hmm. who who have been taught that um, uh, apostolic and prophetic ministries died out at the end of the apostolic age. Mm-hmm. So when all the apostles mm-hmm. passed away, that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gifts of God are irrevocable. Yeah. And so when Christ ascended, Ephesians 4 tells us he gave gifts to men and women. And so um, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher are still here today, still called, still empowered, still anointed, and still gifted to play their function and their role. And so it requires a for, for, the, for any local New Testament church to produce fruit and to expect um, the sort of health that produces maturity to the full measure and stature Mm -hmm. of Jesus. It first must begin with the partnership and link of the apostle and the prophet Mm -hmm. and then extend out to the evangelist, pastor, and teacher. In 1 Corinthians 2.28, Paul said, God has appointed first apostles, Mm -hmm. second prophets, Mm -hmm. third teachers, then goes on to other gifts, the pastor doesn't even get a mention in the text. <laughs> that doesn't mean the pastor is not significant and mm. important because we know that right throughout the New Testament, the pastor gets mentioned many times uh, being a shepherd or an elder. But it, Paul had a revelation that first of all, and secondly, there needs to be a joining together of the apostolic grace with the prophetic grace because there is a vital focus that the apostle and the prophet have that the other three graces don't have. And we can unpack a little bit as we look at, you know, what is the role of the apostle and prophet? The the apostle and prophet, um, both individually and collectively, 
bring a focus to the church on heaven's priorities mm. that the evangelist, pastor, and teacher don't bring so much. Not that they haven't got a, a, a concern or any, a hard engagement with heaven's priorities, but the evangelist, pastors, and teachers t- tend to be more focused on people priorities. Yeah. But without first understanding what is heaven's priorities, yeah. what God is saying, what God's doing, how can we then deliver effective ministry to the people? Yes. Through the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, without the leadership and oversight of the apostles and prophets. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, how can the apostle and the prophet keep their eyes and ears in heaven if all their attention is going on dealing with exactly. the mess of people's lives, the good things, the bad things, all the rest of it? So we need all of them, don't we? You have touched on this, but how would you describe the role of the apostle and the prophet? What is similar? What's what's different? Yeah. So apostles, um, we've already talked a little bit about this, but apostles is a real governance role. It's a governmental role. Mm -hmm. And their whole vision, focus, mandate is to advance the kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. is to take new territory. Mm -hmm. The prophets, their role is one of guidance. Mm -hmm. They are to hear and they are to see Mm -hmm. what it is that is on God's heart. And together, the role of um, governance and guidance come together to help, first of all, be able to um, see the big picture of what is God's vision and God's heart for his church, for planet Earth, for the kingdom of God. And then the prophet comes alongside and sees the, the, the specific detail and strategies within that big picture of how to Um, where to go next, how to execute the various aspects of the big picture vision that God has given to the apostle. And so heaven's priorities connect to people priorities. If you can imagine with me like a funnel from heaven and Danny Silk in his book, A Culture of Honor has popularized this idea, but the apostles and prophets are seeing and hearing what is on God's heart. And then that mandate and purpose and commission is funneled through to the teachers, to the pastors, and to the evangelists that then is carried out and exercised on planet Earth. And so I really see that that governmental role and that guidance role coming together to be able to disseminate and establish in the earthly realm, what is in God's heart, what is the priority. Everything in the Bible is true, but not everything in the Word of God is relevant to the matter at hand. Oh, that's good. Apostles and prophets discern what out of the whole counsel of God's Word is relevant for this time, this season in history and for the people that they are called to serve. Maybe if we break this down to an example that you and I have had. So uh, God was speaking to you about a new location and then you started talking to me about this and you, you can tell the rest of the story. So um, we started to uh, discern. I, I was praying um, one day about which, where to plant next in terms of a Numa church, which location, which city we're committed to uh, planting 200 churches over the coming years. And we're in several locations now, but we're always praying, okay, God, where next? 
and I had one particular city in mind and the Holy Spirit had a different city in mind. (laughs) And as I began to pray and discern about this, it was very clear that that city um, needed to become our focus and priority. And so that city was Hobart in Tasmania. And we happened to be, as our collective families, down at Port Melbourne on the beach there uh, at St Kilda. And um, Stace, do you want to share what God showed you as we were looking out to sea? Yeah, it was beautiful. So in the foreground of the picture was our two families and then behind us, Literally leaving the port of Melbourne was the spirit of Tasmania. But the Lord starts to show me we're obviously called Numa Church, mm. which is the Holy Spirit, mm. that it was time for Numa Church to take the spirit, the revival fire of God, launch out from Melbourne and go to Hobart. Absolutely. So what what often happens is God will be speaking um similar things to the apostolic and prophetic ministries in the church, but from different angles Mm. Mm -hmm. and different ways. Mm. We all hear from God differently. Sometimes we're seeing, sometimes we're hearing, but what is important is that we're listening to each other. Yeah. Another example of this to help people really understand this would be you had an encounter in Pastor Phil's house, who he's very important in our house. He led our church for 27 years and God spoke to you about renaming our church. We used to be called Bridge Church. Uh, God spoke to you about Numa Church. You were like, don't really like that name. Meanwhile, God starts talking to me from the Old Testament about the significance of a renaming. Mm. So then you kind of with bit of hesitation, bring it to the executive table. I go away. I have a dream about you coming into the church office previous to you ever mentioning this. I saw what you were going to wear from top to bottom and you throwing your notebook on the table and saying, I don't like it, but I think God's telling me to rename the church and it's this. And God told me through that dream, when he brings that, you're to affirm it and you're to champion it and you're to encourage him that he's heard from God. And so now we are Numa Church and that's how the apostle and the prophet work together. Absolutely. And I think what you've touched on there in terms of, you know, um, you're already speaking to an ex- examples of how the apostle and prophet mm. actually link up practically in the church. I think the relationship between the two graces is critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship between the two people is critical. There must be a mutual respect and honor mm. for the grace on each other's lives and a willingness to defer to that grace, which requires a a humility of heart, Mm -hmm. a posture of humility, also at times mutual submission, but also asking key questions of each other. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, within the life of the church, some of the things that I've put in place is, is ensuring that I'm um, intentional about asking you, well, what's God saying and doing right now? Mm. What do you sense? What do you feel? Um, ensuring that you ask the apostolic ministry of the house, what's God revealed about the big picture, mm. future vision, mm-hmm. culture, boundaries of authority for, for, for ministries? And, and, and what do you see for this? What do you see for that? Mm-hmm. I think um, it's important that the apostolic ministry make sure that there is an alignment of specific ministries in the church to both the prophetic grace Mm -hmm. and leader and the apostolic grace Mm -hmm. and leader. I think one of the things that we do regularly is a time of prayer and processing Mm -hmm. before executive team retreats. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think as an apostolic ministry, it's important to give the prophets space to pray and to hear from God, Mm -hmm. not simply to administrate tasks. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, um, leaders, just bog their team down in tasks and administration when um, prophetic graces need space and room and time to be able to pray, worship, hear from God, and then room to speak into what it is that that um, God's actually saying. And that's actually one of the first things that you did for me was clear space in my world by shuffling teams, restructuring and saying, no, I need you to yep. be praying. I need your eyes and ears in heaven. So let's talk about leadership in the church. Yep. For a few decades, you talked about how you'd been traveling around. There have been some predominant graces that have been leading the church. Talk to us about what those predominant graces were and some of the gaps that that leaves. Yeah, for... I mean, for many centuries, um, there has been an embracing of the idea of pastor mm-hmm. leading the church or a teacher yep. leading the church. Um, and then within certain Christian faith traditions, the idea of a bishop, mm-hmm. an overseer over a number of churches, which uh, um, I think some of those Offices or titles, those people were actually apostolically graced yeah. leaders, but yep. within the restrictions of the wineskin that they are a part of, were limited in their ability to be able to exercise that grace and mm-hmm. gift. Um, more recently, we've seen, particularly with the emergence of the modern megachurch, we've seen corporate CEO type models mm-hmm. where churches reflect more sort of um, companies and corporations. And I, I think that. Um, the current model reveals to us that it's not sustainable. Um, uh, you know, even the Lone Ranger, a, a, an old example, but <laughs> even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Um, <laughs> it, 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 we've sort of embraced an old covenant paradigm of leadership in a mm-hmm. new covenant expression. Right. And it's resulted in many leaders getting burnt out, many yeah. leaders feeling like they've got to be all things to all people, yep. many leaders almost developing this Superman, Superwoman syndrome, mm. which says, I have got to have the answer. I've got to be the fountain of knowledge for everyone. And none of us were designed for that. Mm-hmm. And so I see moving forward that not just our church, but increasingly churches of all sizes. Yeah. This is not just a mega church yep. phenomenon. Right. This is a biblical paradigm. Yeah. Yep. Churches of all sizes will begin to explore and incorporate fivefold leaders into their core leadership structure and yeah. expression. But it's going to take tremendous humility and, inco- and courage mm-hmm. on behalf of the point leader. Yep to be secure in creating space and room for other graced and like-minded, like-hearted people to be around the table and to speak into mm-hmm. the dynamics of how things are to unfold. Unfortunately, the Western church is very much enamored with success. Mm-hmm. And so where we see success, we tend to follow it. I think it's going to take some churches um, that embrace fivefold, that as they mature and grow into health and see fruitfulness, they will lead the way mm-hmm. for some other or, or more of the mainstream Western church to sit up and go, what's happening there that we need to take notice yeah. of? Yep. Um, and by the way, fruitfulness is measured by lots of different measuring, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about 
the the biblical New Testament idea of fruitfulness is not just growth in numbers, yep. but growth into the fullness and measure of the stature yes. of Jesus Christ. Yep. Will the church grow in numbers? Or oh, of course, go into all the world, make disciples mm. of all nations. But I'm talking about the fullness of the life and the presence and power and authority of, of the Lordship of Jesus through the church in the power of the Spirit. So I think we're going to see more and more churches. I feel like we are, are really at, at, at a uh, beginning place and on the precipice of a whole new transition of the church. And I think particularly in light of COVID, in light of the transition seasons that the world is facing, more church leaders are sitting up and asking the question, what am I missing? What do I need to do differently? And what does the Bible teach about how we should lead the church? Yes. And we've got more and more people asking questions about how we're doing things here at NUMA. And it's part of actually why I wanted us to do this podcast like this, to start with the fivefold is because it's a really interesting conversation to say, how do the apostle and the prophet work together? How do the prophet and the evangelist work together? And we've had some really interesting conversations so far. I also want to pause here and say that that is something you and Pastor Sim do so well. You do have to have such a humility to lead that way and to lead collaboratively and mm. not go, I can be all those fivefold. I'm Christ himself. <laughs> you guys have embraced a fivefold model. And of course, here at Numa, fivefold seven pillars. Mm. And you do invite all of us into this space to lead collaboratively. And we honor you as our leaders because that takes a really big and secure person. You guys are the best. Thanks, mate. So what would you say, just pretend I'm not in the room. What would you say to the prophetic person about how to honour their apostle? What helps the apostle? How does the prophet build the apostle? How do I help your world? I think the first thing, and it may seem like a very simple thing, but it is profoundly powerful, is I think every prophetic ministry should be daily praying mm. for their apostolic mm -hmm. leaders and oversight. Pray for them. Get God's heart for them. Mm -hmm. Get God's perspective on them and their ministry. Obviously, this is consistent across all the graces, but prophets need to learn to be faithful in natural things as much as their spiritual revelations. So good. Be faithful and loyal to serve the apostolic leaders, whatever that looks like, because um, it's first the natural than the supernatural. Mm -hmm. it, and and sometimes all the, what the apostolic leaders need is not, um, you know, a, a great vision from heaven. Sometimes mm -hmm. what they need is uh, the prophetic ministry to, to just step up and fill a gap today or yep. um, speak into that or go mm -hmm. and uh, deal with that issue over there. I think the other part of it is, is it's important that prophets don't misinterpret their part for the apostles whole. Good. <laughs> what I mean by that is in 1 Corinthians 13, 9, Paul said, we know in part, we prophesy in part. What the, what the prophetic grace often does, it sees something in, in great detail, mm -hmm. clarity, but it often sees it in part. Yep. The apostolic has a very broad large, big picture of the whole. Mm -hmm. And what can often happen is, is that the prophet who gets a burden for the word mm -hmm. can bring that burden, not understanding 
where that burden is to live within the whole. So good. And I don't think that's just an issue for the prophet. I think it's an issue for all of the other graces and ministries. The pastor will have a burden for the person's need or Mm -hmm. brokenness or wound. Mm -hmm. And it'll all be about caring for the need and the (laughs) wound and sometimes forgetting we've got a mission here that Mm -hmm. we've got to evangelize a lot. The the evangelist will be like, you know what, what about the loss? What are we doing for the loss? And we don't need to do that and we don't need to do that. But, But what is important is that all of the graces and particularly the prophetic brings their part and submits it to the to the larger whole really good and and I'll talk in a moment about the how the apostle should approach the prophet mm-hmm. um, I think what is also important is the importance of clarifying boundaries yep. boundaries of authority boundaries of what what uh, to speak into and don't overstep the authority that's entrusted to you, but don't equally retreat and be passive in what you've been empowered to yeah. do. Um, if the word that God has given to you as a prophetic ministry is not received straight away, don't panic. Yeah. Pray into it. Yeah. Sometimes or often God will reveal a lot to you, Stace, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, uh, as a prophet, prophetess, but you've come to know and learn not everything that God shows you needs to be revealed straight away. Some things just need to be prayed into. Some things need to be processed. Some things need to be in a conversation. What are you sensing? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? So don't panic, pray into it and allow God's purpose and intention in revealing that word, take its course and play out in the context of the relationship Stay close to the apostolic ministry because there are things that God is doing and showing to the apostolic leaders of a big picture that the prophet is going to be wondering, why am I receiving this? Why am I getting this? Mm. Why am I sensing this? And then they sit down with the apostle and have a conversation and they go, ah, now it makes sense. Now I see it. So, you know, I, I think... This relationship from both the prophet's perspective and the apostle's perspective is crucial. Do you want me to talk a little bit about how apostles should approach prophets? So um, really important because this is – I'm so glad we're talking about this Mm. because I've seen a lot of prophetic people and prophetic leaders um, miss out on the the potential – of their calling and gifting because they haven't known how to relate to an apostle. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen churches and apostolic leaders miss out on the fullness of what God wants to do because they haven't honored the prophet. Mm. Apostles, can I encourage you, be secure in your anointing and stop being a control freak. Mm -hmm. Give room to others. What you perceive as intensity within the prophet or prophetess is actually the zeal of the Lord, the word of the Lord that burns like fire in their bones rather than polarizing it or pushing it into a corner, bring it close, embrace it and understand what God's doing in the prophet and how the church can benefit, not just how you can use it for your personal gain. Prophets will see details where you as an apostle will see the big picture. Mm. Share the platform with them. 
Don't just be the 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 mouthpiece to everything and everyone. Share the platform with them. Align relevant ministries with that prophetic grace. Here at Numa, mm. we've aligned prophetic ministry, prayer ministry, worship ministry, mm-hmm. creative ministry to the prophetic grace. Why? Because the pro- the, the prophetic anointing feeds into all of these areas and spaces. And so even if a prophetically inclined leader does not like have the musical capacity or vocal ability such as what you have, I would still align it mm-hmm. to the uh, creative ministries, to the prophetic grace, because um, worship essentially is a prophetic function. Yep. Um, it can be used as an evangelistic tool as well. But it is a prophetic function that makes us aware of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I would say to the apostle, bring the prophet into important discussions. Mm-hmm. Don't just you have a conversation with me, myself and I. Bring the prophet into important discussions. Get their insight and take on it. Pray over what God reveals to them. Um, don't just hear it. There are some things that you'll bring, Stace, where because of our history and trust and relationship. I just know that's God. Let's do it. We had a prayer meeting the other night. So let's go that way. Let's do this. But there will be other things where I'm like, hmm, I'm going to pray over that. Mm. And I'm going to allow that to percolate in my Mm. spirit. And I'm going to process that. Mm -hmm. I would also say, and and this is um, something that I've seen at work in my own life, bless the prophets in your midst financially. Mm-hmm. Um, now all the prophets right now are doing a little <laughs> jig and a little dance, um, but you need to sow into the word in their life mm-hmm. because the Bible says, Jesus said, if you receive a prophet mm. in the name of a prophet, mm. you'll receive a prophet's reward. That is talking about honor. Honor is not just, oh, I honor you, Stacey. Yeah. Honor is I sow into your life. Mm. I sow financially in what is the prophet's reward? It's grace to see and hear. Yeah. So it would behoove, that's a good word, it would behoove <laughs> an apostle. If they want more grace to see and to hear, mm. then not only do you need to make room for the prophetic anointing, but you need to honor it and you need to sow into it. Mm-hmm. And whether anyone listening to this likes it or not, in both the Old Testament and New Testament, mm. wherever the prophetic went, there was kingdom provision yep. that accompanied it. Yep. And I have both been a recipient of, mm. as a prophetic voice in my traveling ministry, of the blessing of the Lord as I've been honored and received. I've also not received it <laughs> and seen the results and impact of that, mm-hmm. not necessarily from my heart's intention to bless that ministry, but just there's, it's shut off. Yeah. And so I would say that apostolic ministries need to think about how we honoring and blessing and sowing into the grace, prophetic grace that's in the house, because we actually are releasing that grace into the life of the church. And every prophetic person who is listening right now is like, how do I get under that apostle? Sorry, (laughs) take in. (laughs) Position already been filled. But I loved what you were talking about then. And a couple of the analogies that I use in leading the prophetic teams is um, the picture of a body. 
So your and Pastor Sim's role is I sit with you and I go, what are the bones of what you are seeing? What is God calling us to? What's the big picture of where he's taking us? And then I get to go and work, for example, with the creative teams and saying, let's put some flesh on that. We're not changing the vision. The body's going to stay in the same structure. But we're figuring out what could the skin of that thing look like? What could the hair look like? And then we have to breathe life into it by bringing in the prayer ministry and the worship team to pray and worship over this vision because it breathes life so the thing can rise up. Yep. Another analogy I like to use is you guys build the framework of the house. I don't get to decide how many rooms there are. I don't decide whether it's two-story. That's the grace on your life. So I have to listen to that, pray over that, get it in my spirit like it's my very own vision. And then I go, how are we painting this thing? How are we decorating it? What are we filling the rooms with? Um, So I love to think about it like that. And also I really hope and I pray that... Part of what I do for you and Pastor Sim and your family is in my prayer life, I ward off things, darts that are coming towards you that you may never even know about. And then I do battles with you and for you that you guys may never know about and love and serve your family with, which is pretty easy, (laughs) with um, my whole heart. (laughs) So it's actually a beautiful thing. I'm happy to be your tonto. I'm happy to be the Robin to your Batman. Come on. (laughs) Well, well, I just, for me... Uh, I'm. I would say, I've never been more excited about a season of life and ministry than I am now, because of what I see that God is building and doing, and who He's gathering and bringing together, and a large part of that has to do with this idea of fivefold wineskin, but particularly mm. being able to see the synergy of the apostolic and prophetic in heart, mind and purpose, working together, complementing each other, moving forward to serve the church. And I think if there's one thing that we could communicate to everybody listening today, whatever authority or grace God has given to you Mm -hmm. is to serve others. Mm -hmm. It's to build others up. Mm -hmm. It's not to lord attention and authority for Mm -hmm. yourself. It's to empower and benefit others. And I think when that motive is right um, and there is a, a... a, a culture of honour that defers to other graces, mm. the church can truly become the full measure and stature of Jesus. Exactly right. And we have a lot of fun on the journey too. Absolutely. So thank you, Pastor Corey, so much for speaking. So much wisdom. I think this will be a podcast people listen to several times. Tell us about your books and Kingdom Perspectives. Well, we've just launched uh, recently Kingdom Perspectives podcast, which is in the title. It's all about bringing God's perspective and a kingdom perspective on culture, life and ministry. And um, really excited about that. So you can listen to that on iTunes. But also I've written two books, one called The Supernatural Life and another book called Prophetic Vision. Mm-hmm. It's all about unpacking and helping and empowering people to see God's vision for their future. And The Supernatural Life is all about how do I move in the gifts of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. How do I understand the person of the Holy Spirit? Being filled with the Spirit's helped a lot of people. I hope it helps you. Oh, it's going to help so many people. And they can get a hold of that at our Numa Church Resource Centres or at Numa. Church. So thank you for joining us today for this episode of The Prophetic Collective. In our next episode, I chat to Numa Church's evangelist, Pastor Cherie Rice, where we explore all things prophetic and evangelism relationship and grace. 
This is season one of this weekly podcast and we would love it if you would share the love on social media. Tag at Stacey Hillier, Corey Turner and at Numa Church, hashtag Prophetic Collective. And make sure you hit subscribe so that you can access these episodes before anybody else. Leave us a review. This helps us get the word out, but I can't wait to join you next episode in this little community that we like to call the Prophetic Collective. Until then, stay cool. (laughs) 